In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A couple of weeks ago on Forgiveness Sunday, just before we started this great Lenten journey that we are in the midst of now, two weeks in, congratulations, I said, uh, back to the basics, that it was a great opportunity for us during Great Lent to remember that God loves us, to remember that we love God, and to remember the sorts of things that we need to be doing in our walk of salvation with our Lord. And I want to continue that this morning and go again back to the basics. And this past Monday, uh, when we were doing our Bible study in Philippians, Drew is leading a Bible study in Philippians after a great compline on Monday night, after uh, we read a section of that uh, first chapter of that book, I believe it was Sue, uh, after Drew mentioned um, what, what jumps out at you about this passage, and I believe, again, it was Sue, and she said, it's all about Christ. And that's exactly correct. It's all about Christ. And I want to direct your attention to the first quote on the back of your bulletin. It's all about Christ. This quote comes from St. Porphyrius, and you've heard it before. I know that Father Alex used it before. I know that I've used it before. Uh, St. Porphyrius is a 20th century monastic saint. Uh, beautiful words in his book, Wounded by Love. And I'll just read uh, this uh, quote that he has here to start things off. Christ is joy, the true light, happiness. Christ is our hope. Our relation to Christ is love, eros, passion, enthusiasm, longing for the divine. Christ is everything. He is our love. He is the object of our desire. This passionate longing for Christ is a love that cannot be taken away. This is where joy flows from. When you find Christ, you are satisfied. You desire nothing else. You find peace. You become a different person. Christ is in all your thoughts and all your actions. You have grace and you can endure everything for Christ. What a beautiful passage. Very much encourage you to take that home and perhaps even just cut that passage out and read it a few times uh, during this next week to remember that Christ is everything. The most fundamental thing that the most fundamental question that we need to answer is the one that Christ asked the disciples, "Who do you say that I am?" And of course, we as Orthodox Christians very firmly say, of course, that Jesus Christ is one person, two natures. We'll be saying the, the Nicene Creed, uh, praying the Nicene Creed here in just a little bit in that second section uh, where we talk about believing in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and on and on from there. And of course, if you read the hymns that we sang as we're preparing for the Annunciation, we get that same thing in the, the hymn for the Annunciation that we just sang. It says, the Son of God becomes the Son of the Virgin. And so this one person, fully God, fully man, this one person, the God-man who comes into the world to save us. That's who Jesus Christ is. And we know that dogmatically. But I would like to go a little bit further because as we have a relationship with Christ, it goes beyond just what we say in the dogmatic textbooks. It goes beyond just saying one person, two natures. Don't get me wrong, that is vitally important. Hold on to that. Die for that. One person, two natures. 
but there's other aspects of Christ so that we can understand who he is and what he's doing for us so that we can follow him into the kingdom of heaven. And this morning, in our commemoration of both Gregory Palamas, whose icon is up here, who is a wonder worker and Archbishop of Thessalonica, and in the uh, gospel reading that we have this morning, we see a particular aspect of Jesus Christ that can help us in our Lenten journey, going back to the basics and remembering that Christ is everything. So in the gospel reading this morning, we have a great healing. We have a, a crowded house just like this, maybe even packed even more than this, because it says that they can't get a man into the door. And his friends have to go and take him up to the roof, open up the roof, and lower him down onto the floor in front of Christ in order for him to be healed. I wonder if insurance covers that sort of a, uh, a repair that's needed, uh, lowering a man through the roof. But he's healed. He's healed. And you can't read a chapter in the Gospels and not find Christ healing someone. So one of the fundamental things that Jesus Christ is, is he is a healer. Gregory Palamas worked miracles by the grace of God, showing Christ the healer. Jesus Christ and what we call healers, of course, in our, our, in our own time are doctors and physicians. So the hymnography and the prayers of the church remember Jesus Christ as the great physician. He is the one who has come to heal us. But here's the hard thing. That healer, and it's very exciting that he's a healer, he heals this man. We know that he raises Lazarus from the dead. He heals the woman just by touching the fringe of his garment. Here's the hard thing. All of those people eventually got sick again and died. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus Christ isn't any more, uh, any, uh, is, that he's not a great healer. He is the greatest of all physicians. But he is one of those great doctors who doesn't just treat the symptoms of the problem. He goes and he treats the real disease that is lurking and hiding underneath so that we can really be made well. And that's what salvation is. To be made well. To be made whole. And that's why even in this gospel reading, the healing of the man who's on this pallet and he can't walk is secondary. Look back at the gospel. What's the first thing that Jesus says to him? He says to him, your sins are forgiven. Keep laying there. He says to him in that moment, you are healed in a more profound way. And then he says, just so that you can trust me, just so that you can know that I have the power to do this, now rise, take up your bed and walk. The great physician and the healer of our souls and bodies, Christ our God, wanted to go and destroy the real disease, the real problem that we have, and that's sin, and of course the wages of sin is death. And so he comes and he dies and he raises again from the dead so that death and the power of sin can be destroyed. So that we can enter the kingdom of heaven where it says there's no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more sign, only life everlasting. We sing about that, and we read about that in the book of Revelation. He is our physician. So, brothers and sisters, if he's our physician, if he is everything, and he's the head of the church, the church is the hospital. And so, back to the basics. Do not forget that the church is the hospital. 
And just like you go to the doctor and he gives you prescriptions and he encourages you to change certain things about your life so that you can be well, the Lord does the same thing. He gives us the prescriptions of prayer, fasting, almsgiving, confession, holy unction, and of course the medicine of immortality, the body and blood of Christ, the Eucharist itself. We are given all of these things. We are encouraged to live a virtuous and righteous life. Of course, just like any doctor, he can't force us to do it. That's up to us. And that's why we have great and holy Lent. We have this great opportunity to remember that the church is the hospital and that all these things that the church asks us to do are not arbitrary, but they're the prescriptions for life everlasting. We might not feel the best. In fact, we might be more tired and more hungry than we are normally because we're fasting. But it is for the goal of salvation. It is for the goal of being completely made well and following Christ into the kingdom of heaven. Christ is everything. He is the physician and healer of our souls and bodies. Brothers and sisters, go back to the basics. The church is the hospital. Remember that Christ desires for us to be well, not necessarily physically, although that happens sometimes, as we see in the gospel this morning and in any number of occasions where our prayers of healing have been answered by our Lord, but he desires more than anything for us to be made fully well in the kingdom of heaven because that's where there's no sickness, nor sorrow, nor sign, but life everlasting. And so let us use this great and holy Lenten time as an opportunity to refocus ourselves on Christ. One person, two natures, to refocus ourselves on Christ, the great physician, the healer of our souls and bodies, who desires for us to be made well, who has given us his church with the prescriptions necessary to be virtuous, to be holy, and to follow him into the kingdom of heaven where there will be no more sickness. So let us refocus ourselves on Christ, who is everything. When we have Christ in all of our thoughts and all of our actions, as St. Porphyrius says, we have grace and we can endure everything for Christ. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.